0: Welcome to Roundhill Radio. Through our conversations, we discover the holy in the ordinary, find moments of grace and peace, and redefine what we're talking about when we talk about faith. On today's episode, we have the very special guest, Risa Renee. Harmon. Risa is one of the professional musicians here at Round Hill Community Church. She's our soprano, soloist, section leader, uh, inspiration extraordinaire, and I am so glad to welcome you to Round Hill Radio. Welcome, Risa. Thank you so much. We're so glad to have you here. Thank you. It's been
1: fun to sort of see this evolve. I went down here in the cubby, down here in the downstairs (laughs) of the church, and to finally be down here for the first time. So it's really cool. Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah, we call it,
0: we sometimes call it the crypt, which makes it sound more ominous Mm. than it really is. I think it's a friendly space. Um, So I wanted to sort of have this be an opportunity for our audience to kind of get to know you a little bit. Um, So can you tell us a little bit about sort of what it is you do with the choir and what it is you sort of What's your, what, what it is you do? <laughs> what do I do? What do you do? Well,
1: let's see. So I grew up actually singing in the church. Okay. My dad is a, was. Um, he passed just a couple of years ago, but he was a Southern Baptist music minister. Okay. So a grew up singing in the church, in the choir. And actually, I started singing in the adult choir um, when I was just... I don't know, 10 or 11, because I had some time to kill. (laughs) Well, my parents were in adult choir, and my dad was doing adult choir. So I actually started singing in the um, alto section of our adult choir. Um, One of the ladies in our church um, was visually impaired, and so she had a seeing eye dog with her. Well, that was part of the reason why I wanted to go sit in the choir. It's a big big draw. (laughs) It's a big draw, yeah. To play with a dog. So, um, But growing up in the church and seeing the value of what the Church music ministry is to the spiritual um, faith and the, um, of the congregation, as well as for obviously us as a family and for me as an individual, as a girl, mm-hmm. and growing up with that. Um, so it's something that continued once I got into college and started studying music. We didn't have jobs necessarily in church back home. So um, when I got a job singing in a church, my father and I had a conversation about this was a way for me to help further my education. It was sort of as a way to, you know, to have the job in church. It didn't seem to make sense much at the time. <laughs> um, but so I've sung in a church throughout my entire singing life, and in some fashion, I eventually moved into the soprano section, which is where my voice normally sits or should sit, but mm-hmm. I do enjoy a good chance to sing alto occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> Ch- makes my chops, you know, get my, my musicianship stays nice and clear. But sure. so as, as far as being a part of the church choir and as a soloist, um, my job is to help strengthen the community folks that have joined us for this particular part of their own faith journey and using the music ministry to help strengthen that and their participation in that. So, um, just, you know, trying to help with, you know, the nuts and bolts of learning the music and right. assisting obviously the music director with whatever, you know, it's sort of a, between you and them and anything that I can kind of do to kind of fill in the gaps is kind of, um, my main responsibility yeah.
0: with the choir. Yeah. It's so, it's, I can't tell you, and you, I mean, you probably have experienced yourself what a gift it is as a choir director to have someone like you and, of course, our Dustin and Scott and our Altos. Um, they're sort of sitting with our our choir members. Because we say, I mean, no experience necessary to sing right. in the choir. All you got to do is show up. And, and we try to make it really accessible. But we sing some challenging music. Absolutely. And so having someone there who is, of course, knows the music well, is strong on the part, but can also, you know, make um, suggestions on, uh, you know, like... Ways to think about an entrance or, or modifying a vowel or all those little technical things um, that when you're the director and you've got four different parts to deal with and you have a lot going on and all the music to get through <laughs> and all the things on, on the choir director's mind, to have, to know... It's, it's the, I cannot tell you the, the, the relief. <laughs> it is to know that Risa is on the job. Oh. You know, I mean, it is uh, such a, you know, it feels like a real a, par- a partnership. Yes. Um, and I'm just I'm so grateful for for you. And you are, you know, beyond the fact that you are you are you, you are so incredibly good at your job, you know, so it makes it such a pleasure to to look up there and see Risa every Sunday. And today we did a four part piece. And sometimes I put on my brave pants and sing with a soloist. So she fun. was fun. We were laughing because she
1: sang alto this morning. <laughs> it's good. I have to say just to be fair to well actually to my s- soprano cistern across the globe yeah. sometimes uh, sopranos are known for only being able to sing the melody so it's nice to be able to continue that uh, musicianship thing and, and to make sure I can because you, you do hear differently yeah. when you're singing an inner part that's right. and um, so it's good for me just to keep you know like I said to keep my chops up and yeah. and uh, it's fun and the repertoire obviously is is something that I don't usually get to sing right. um, so that's also kind of fun to kind of do that as well yeah. and in that particular music You know, it's nice to kind of have that, you know, beautiful floaty voice that you have on that Mm. repertoire. So it's kind of, it's kind of, it fits, you know, it seems to fit the bill. It does seem to work
0: well, yeah, Mm -hmm. as a group. It's really, it's really fun versus something a little bit, you know, that you, I need a bigger voice for, which I I don't have, which is fine. I'm an organist. (laughs) Um, So did you always... No, you wanted to be a musician? Did you? Were you drawn to there? Were you considering other careers? I'm curious.
1: Yes. Well, having grown up, like I said, in the church and with music, I have very. I have four sisters, and we used to all sing together as a family. We were kind of oh like gosh. we were the Von Traps. the Von
0: Traps. We were. Yes.
1: And in the church community down south, we would go. I remember as a girl, and we would travel to churches and we would do the church revivals. And my dad would lead the music all week, and then we would sing as a family, or then I would sing with my sisters kind of the Harmon Sisters kind of idea. And yes. I always sang a part then, too, actually, now that I think about it. Um, so it was always something that was there, kind of ingrained in your bones, in your DNA, my parents both being musicians. And like I said, my sisters being so wonderfully talented in all kinds of things that they do. Um, so I'm not sure I really thought about a career originally. I mean, I just kind of did it. Mm-hmm. And then I was interested in speech pathology for a little while, because I like language. Um, but then I, my sister, who was a big influence on I me, mean, my older sister, and she went to school and started studying music. And I kind of was like, well, that's hard. I wonder if I can do that too. And <laughs> so I jumped into the, the music program and I was not originally going to be a classical singer. I just wanted to learn to sing better. Mm-hmm. And um, kind of thought maybe Bobber Streisand might be the spot, but that job was already taken, so... <laughs> So, and I found I found classical music, the challenge part of it, really kind of, again, just made sense to my brain and the yeah. way I, I like to look at things. And sure. so I just wanted to see if I could do it. And then I f- saw my first opera and I fell in love with the drama and the voices and everything's so heightened. Yeah. And I thought, oh, wow, that is really cool. I wonder. So that's kind of how I got started with it. But I don't know that the career part of it really came into play until later. It was just trying to, you know, better my skills and to um, certainly just experience all the different pieces of music and composers and um, repertoire choices and Mm -hmm. that I had when I was in school. And um, I got out of my undergraduate degree and I was kind of, I was kind of skewed young, so I wasn't really ready to do anything. I was like, "Mm, what do I do now? So um, then I, so I went back to school and just continued studying because I wasn't ready to do anything. It was sort of there, the next chapter of my education that I went okay I'm gonna I think I can maybe do something I'm not quite sure what mm-hmm. and that's sort of where the second oh my goodness <laughs> young people running above <laughs> uh, us um, you know the second chapter sort of helped me move along in the idea of having right. a career of some sort in music
0: yeah. basically yeah fighting your way through what was the
1: first opera you saw first opera I saw was La Gioconda Ran- oh, kind of random, isn't <laughs> random? It's, not, it's like not maybe the top ten. I certainly don't recommend it necessarily as the top ten for for people first starting out. But something of, I don't know what it was. It caught you. It caught me, and I of course I'm nothing like the soprano voice that sings that part. But um, something just really, you know, yeah. bit, and I just, I took hold, and I was like, okay, yeah. and then I'm off and running. And like I said, in my. My sibling, Michelle, I have to give a shout out to her. She was such a huge influence because she was already out there doing. So she kind of paved the way a little bit and certainly opened up my eyes to – things because she could already do those things mm-hmm. and so I, know I was like oh my sister can do it." you know let me <laughs> yeah. try yeah <laughs> yes,
0: exactly Just think, now the the pedagogy mm-hmm. part of it because mm-hmm. I know teaching is a large part of your life now was that always a goal did you fall into it did you because I know I mean you have such a gift at it
1: I would have to say I definitely fell into it mm-hmm. I was not I did I don't and haven't done things sort of in a traditional path. Mm-hmm. Um, because when I sort of finished the first wave of my education, I got out and started singing. So that's what I was doing, and um, which was wonderful and lovely. And then, you know, life happens and things change. And I went, hmm, I need to maybe be thinking about um, what else I might be doing. And to be honest, sopranos have a fairly short shelf life sometimes uh-huh. in um, – professional music. So I thought, hmm, 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 hmm. so I sang for this lovely woman, Elaine Bonazzi, and uh, she was instrumental in helping me go back to school. So I kind of okay. came back to school later okay. to get my advanced degrees yeah. from there with the idea of um, teaching and still sort of exploring my perfect my singing side as well sort of not like giving that up by any means but but doing the pedagogy and then I started wearing more arts administration hats when it came to you know, helping young singers in the next phase of their career. So mm. I kind of wear, as my husband likes to say, you wear a lot
0: of hats. So I, said, I do wear a lot of hats. <laughs> a lot of hats. A lot of- <laughs> so that was your, and that was when you got your doctorate. Yes. Is that a pedagogy and then performance? Well, that particular degree was they
1: call it. It's performance. It's a performance. <laughs> so it's not specifically pedagogy, but pedagogy it was part of my particular. Um, training there I was lucky enough to get a TA a teaching assistant where I was teaching Mm -hmm. so that was my job while I was working on my doctorate so I had a faculty advisor and um, I oversaw sort of the undergraduate teaching program that all the TAs were doing so again I started wearing my administration hat (laughs) and um but so the teaching was sort of hands on with guidance so it wasn't necessarily a f- uh, the, technically the degree call, being called pedagogy was not a dna in pedagogy no yeah yeah,
0: yeah. is um it's interesting we talk about sometimes here on the podcast that musicians tend to not do just one thing right you know, <laughs> know. well right. Yeah. Right there. <laughs> hello hi <laughs> <laughs> we kind of piece we piece things together mm-hmm. and we you know and i always wonder is that by is that by circumstance? Is that by choice? Is that sort of like something a part of Ooh. our personality where we sort of just kind of put, do, we like, like you said, we like a, a rack of hats. Yes. <laughs> what, what chapeau shall I wear today?
1: Um, I think that there's a certain, I think there's a certain part of your personality, in my opinion, mm. and in my particular journey, part of my personality was that there was also some circumstance presented it. Mm. I was not... You know, I was not necessarily at one university and teaching just that for where you, um, you know, you're so involved with what's going on in that particular school program. That's all you do. Mm -hmm. Um, Certainly, partially maybe because I live here in the Northeast. So, um, you know, you you are just, everybody hustles here for all kinds of things. You know, it's kind of a little bit of the Northeast maybe mentality. Mm -hmm. I'm not quite sure. I don't I have not really thought about that, but certainly the the wearing the different hats part was partially me and not, I enjoyed, I found that I enjoyed several different things and it fulfilled me Mm -hmm. as a musician and as a person that um, I go, what would I give up? Would I stop teaching? Mm, No.
0: Would I stop (laughs) doing that? Well, no.
1: Don't make me choose, you know. (laughs) Right.
0: No, I can totally understand. You know, and
1: sometimes you wish you had more time for one thing or the other and the juggling part, I'm sure as you know, is sometimes the hardest part of what we do is yeah. um, feeling how much time you have to give to all of the different things that yeah. you do. So time management is really
0: important. It's a big part of it. <laughs> it is a big part of it. And, it's, and I just, I mean, I have so much admiration and respect for you as a teacher because um, it, as we've explored on this podcast before, it is not my strong suit. Oh, it's gosh. really not. And I just, I have so much, I'm just so in awe of, of you and your, and your teaching. on oh. And all of that. I wanted to backtrack if we could really Mm -hmm. quick because I'm so curious about this because your father is a music minister Mm -hmm. in the Baptist church, you said, right? Yes. There's a tradition, isn't there, of conducting the hymns. Yes, let me tell you. That is
1: exactly what you do down south and in church. My father would stand in front of the congregation, and he would lead the hymns.
0: Lead the hymns.
1: Lead the hymns, conduct the hymns, and obviously do the choir and the youth choir. And um, he was, um, again, he started taking on some more hats, too. He was minister of education there, too. So he oversaw the Sunday school program, um, some of those sort of things. And, And it was very much the idea of being a music minister. He went to seminary for that. So the idea of being called a minister was very sort of, important and right. different than sometimes when it's other churches I like the director of music exactly so like I didn't
0: go to seminary yeah so yeah. it's
1: kind of that particular thing but yes he would lead the congregation and and when I guess when I was first starting maybe it was a United Church of Christ Church was my first job and we're singing yeah. and nobody led the hymns <laughs> <You know? laughs> nobody was standing there the organist was there right, right? in the in the cubby and yep. you know conducting away with her head and the choir was just kind of Ooh, going yes. along exactly, yes. but nobody was out there really technically leading it. And it's funny; I don't, I, I don't know where that got started, or whether that's just I just knew that is the way it was done. Yeah. You know, at that yeah. time,
0: I hadn't experienced it until actually my grandfather's funeral in Birmingham, and it was mm-hmm. at a Baptist church. Oh yeah, and the menis- music minister was there, and I was playing the service, and he's like, "And I'll conduct the hymns," and I said. You, you don't have to do I, I've got it. It's under I, it's under control. Yeah. And I originally thought it was like a, he thought I couldn't lead the hymns from the organ. So I took it a little personally. But I was also like 23. So you take everything personally. Right. When you're 23 and a young musician, you want to prove yourself to like an yeah. established person. But then I realized it was... Uh, thing, standard operating procedure. Yes. <laughs> I think partially it was a little bit of just the, the
1: logistics of it. The mm-hmm. choir was, is typically was behind, mm-hmm. then the organist. So it was kind of, he was in between sure. the congregation and the music yeah. forces. It's so kind encouraging. of encouraging, keeping everybody together and yeah. like, oh, we're not going to do, we're going to let the organ play for a while. And then now we're all going to come in yeah. you know, again. Mm-hmm. So um, that was kind of what, uh, what was the norm in my, in my, You know church life. Did he play the organ? Oh no, no. Now my my mom. Now see, my mom. They were they were a duo. Um, Several of the churches where he served, she was sort of the part time fill in. Sometimes the rehearsal pianist. Mm. Sometimes a little bit of organ. Occasionally, Uh, she sang. The she was the soprano in the choir. Mm -hmm. So my mom did all the things to support my dad's music ministry. So she was equally. Um, as much a music minister as, as he was, even though he was, you know, it was his job and that was his title, but, uh, um, usually a ministry in a family, the whole family is part of the ministry, you know, in that regard, as far as when you're a a,
0: a, a church kid, like I was. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I always, I always, I was kind of like wondering what Mary's going to be like. You know, as like Whoa. an organist's kid. Yeah. Well, my husband's creative too. So I'm kind of, we're, we, we kind of joke that she's probably going to become an accountant. Oh. Or something like super practical.
1: <laughs> we're all well, like
0: artsy fartsy. Well, sometimes the parents
1: really like that when they go oh please don't be artistic don't be. <laughs> don't be creative
0: at all yeah well that's very funny because my my parents were both architects oh, okay. and they told me i could be anything i wanted to be but maybe not an architect oh they, you know, they were gonna they weren't gonna hard and fast give a mm-hmm. rule because obviously that's the quickest way to make your kid an architect is right. to say you can't right but they were like maybe just look at some other else. options mm-hmm. so. i have to say my, well my
1: parents never really they were not one way or the other when it came to what we wanted to do. They were um, extremely supportive of all of our creative endeavors. In fact, I remember somehow, so again, as a kid, there was a dinner theater in our, our town, and they were doing The Sound of Music, of course. So, um, of course, you know, my, young, my sisters and I went and we auditioned, and I didn't get the – I was kind of in between the gawky age where I wasn't really one of the Von Trapp kids mm-hmm. and uh, in between. Yeah, sure. But um, my two younger sisters were – Two of the Von Trap kids. And my mom was one of the nuns. Ah. Well, so again, because I was tagging along, they let me learn the nuns part. So I learned like all of the nuns. Oh, that's good stuff. And I actually got to step in occasionally, but I could never remember which nun I was. So I, was like, <laughs> <laughs> so I would just kind of wait for the, you know, in the song, How Do You Solve a Problem, like Maria, yeah, yeah. whoever in the way there's a slight pause, It was like, oh, that's, that's my me. nun. <laughs> that's me. That's this um, time. But uh, you know, it was it was theater, and my folks were extremely supportive about um, those sort of creative and going to opening night parties. I remember I had my first taste of champagne when I was at that party, and my parents, you know, kind of sanctioned it. You know, um, so they were they were they were really really wonderfully supportive about what we wanted to do, without you know obviously wanting us to, you know, not deal with rejection, which you sometimes do of in course, yeah. creative arts, yeah. and um, or the struggle of. You know, okay, how am I going to pay my bills or whatever that might be? So as parents, you know, every wanting that for your kid. But right. um, but knowing that um, that's, you know, that's kind of where we were. And that's where we, our talents, and our God-given gifts were that. And so somehow finding a way to honor those. And mm-hmm. um, so they, they've been great about that part. That's wonderful. So you will do the same with Mare Bear. I will try
0: my best. I will try my best. We'll get her a piano teacher that isn't me.
1: (laughs) Well, I would have to say that my my mom was my piano teacher when I was a kid. And she was great. But I do sometimes recommend that
0: (laughs) it might be sometimes
1: good to have somebody I think I'll
0: be calling my friend Jessica for that one (laughs) here. Um, Well, Risa, thank you so much for spending this time with with me and our Roundhill radio audience i wanted to also mention um if you've ever thought hey the choir looks fun look how much fun it is we're having some we have so much fun and then if you'd like to uh brush up on some music skills before joining the choir we have a program coming up on may 7th after church which will be a sort of intro to music theory so it's basic music um reading mm-hmm. so sort of what a sheet of music looks like yeah. and how to find your way through and yeah. some basics we'll be doing that uh with Mary Jo Heath
1: kind of takes a little bit of the fear perhaps if you might be nervous about you know I don't know I'm yeah how do I do that so yeah. this, this particular class that they're going to offer is uh, a wonderful way to kind of take that away and go hey yeah. you
0: know this is available and it's open to all to everyone absolutely so. and it is and the, the choir is just the most welcoming absolutely. community yeah, here lovely so thank you so much yes. resa and thank you all round hill radio is brought to you by the friends and members of round hill community church for more information please visit roundhillradio.org.